me by saying goodbye, my shit, but don't try gambling me, cause sleeping you get served with some sudden. And gentlemen, now tune into the greatest. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages, welcome back to another episode of Because I Have a Live Mic here on Fluent Radio. We got a packed show for you today, but I do have to start off with this one because everybody was in my mentions over this weekend, you know, leading up to a certain game. So, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, let me get my voice ready. Choke, Cubs, choke. Choke, Cubs, choke. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Cubs are gonna choke today. Y'all Cubs fans, y'all awfully quiet. It's hard to hear y'all. Y'all was all in my mentions when the White Sox lost. Oh, the White Sox lost. I thought White Sox was gonna represent the AL in the World Series. Oh, the White Sox all this, White Sox that. Y'all silent all of a sudden. What? I can't hear y'all. It's real quiet. Where y'all at now? Uh-huh. How, how does it feel to not only lose to Miami who hasn't been into the playoffs since 2003. But also, the last time they were in the playoffs, didn't did, didn't y'all didn't they beat y'all and then go on to win the World Series? Oh man. It's good to be a, Some days it's just fun to watch the Cubs just like you know, do Cubs things. This is why I wore my official shirt today. It says friends don't let friends be Cubs fans. I'm trying to help y'all out. I'm trying to help y'all to get be better, to be better than what y'all are. It hurts. I know. It's okay. It's okay. Ah, okay. I feel better. I got that off my chest. Okay. We got a packed show for you this week. Got a lot to talk about and very little time to get to it. So we're going to start off with what everybody's been talking about. Uh, basically, the COVID outbreak in the NFL. Um, not only has the COVID shut down a game between the Titans and the Steelers. They literally just said they're going to play that game I believe week seven. They just gave every, them a bye because not because as of this morning, it's went up to 20 people who have tested positive for COVID in the Tennessee organization. Um, I believe it's <clears throat> eight players and about I want to say 10 personnel. So, you know, Faculty, you know, all, everyone, non-players, basically. So they basically shut that down. Um, the P, the NFLPA, and the NFL is going to investigate, see how this outbreak happened because this was very, ra- very random because like it was no type of anything like leading up. Like everybody who kept testing it was fine. They've tested um, who they play? Oh, they tested the Minnesota Vikings to see they tested fine. No one tested. I mean, everyone tested negative. So they're going on. Not only did they test positive, sadly Cam Newton tested positive, but it turned out his test was, so he's asymptomatic, so they're trying to figure out how that's gonna work. He he can't play in Monday night game because they switched the Patriots and Chiefs game to Monday night. So we're gonna get two Monday night games, so positive on that. Um, so they also pushed back. So they pushed back the Bears game, which was supposed to be going on now, but that's going to be going on at 3:25. It's been a entire cluster because they. I don't think the NFL had anything planned for when people tested positive. You can tell. You can see it. It was somewhat of a 
not so much a surprise. Like, I think eventually they knew it was going to happen, but I thought they were going to happen later down the line when it was a little bit more hard to complex, you know, hard to compose it, to keep it together, so to speak, you know, with everything traveling, not only traveling with, you know, multiple people, multiple places. This is why I said traveling was a little hard to do. Um, but this is the problem you have. This is the danger you have when you decided you want to travel during a pandemic and play sports during a pandemic. This is going to be the issue that it have, right? And now it's going to affect not only the NFL, but also other sports, right? Like, because again, if you haven't been paying attention in Illinois news, um, the IHSA just uh, won a, I don't want to say a court battle, but won a decision to not have fall sports play during the fall. Um, now, I don't know if that had anything to do with the NFL, but at the same time, you look at NFL, have had just are having an outbreak now. College football is having have had and are continue to have outbreaks, and at least in those two st- uh, instances, they have the capital to pay for testing to make sure that their players are quarantined to do, you know, make sure everything is safe there. But in foot in high school football, it's a little bit more difficult to do that because again, you do have your peaks and valleys. You do have your you know, more schools that have more funding than other schools. So that one's a little bit harder to decipher. Going back to the NFL is now, what are they going to do now? Because now they've had their outbreak. Okay, now it's time to see how are they going to handle this? Are they going to change up systems? Are they going to switch it out? Because they've already said that if you are a East Coast team and you're going to West Coast City, you can't stay overnight. You have to basically fly in the night before, play the game, and essentially fly back out. So now it's going to be, how are they going to handle this type of situation? Are they going to continue to do that? Are they going to go to a bubble system in the NBA? Um, if they do go to a bubble system, I don't know how that would work. Because you're try- and the NBA is a little bit easier, right? Because essentially, in an NBA setting, you really only have... You can see, you have like 11 to 12 players, about two to four coaches, you know, and then personnel, GMs, if the doctors, all that other stuff. So that's essentially that's about 30 people, right? Like, so you can, it's easier to contain 30 people than it is to, let's say, just on an NFL roster alone, 53, right? Like, just on that by itself, it's just a 53-man roster, so it's hard to make sure that everybody is following guidelines. <clears throat> so it's harder to see how they're going to essentially make sure that this doesn't happen again. Now, I've heard a lot of people say, well, they can make it a 16, uh, not 16, make it a 14 game. You really only play in conference. And then, you you know, then you go to the playoff system and then you can do it like that. But that's also kind of harder because you still have to travel to other places, right? Like, if you're a, you know, New England team in Boston, you still have to go to California to play somebody like, I don't know, like the Chiefs. I mean, not the Chiefs, the, the Raiders. If you're a team in if you're a uh, a team in New York you still have to go and play somebody in Miami who is still a hot spot for COVID right now right so it's still up in the air how they're going to fix this around and see how they can essentially shield it off from having another outbreak but I hope all the players and personnel who have the outbreaks hope they get better I hope you know they 
figure out how to make sure everything's safe again so that way we can get back to at least somewhat of football again. Um, speaking of football, okay, so I have to tell, so I have to tell you the story on how the timeline broke from when I left here to by the time I got home to when Nick Foles started. So I do the show at twelve thirty. Normally the game's on while I do the show. So I'm up here talking about how I think you know they're probably going to lose because this is the best offense the Bears defense have faced. You know they're coming. You know the uh, Falcons are coming off a comeback and they're looking. You know they're you know probably going to be blowing smoke ready to win and this Bears offense is kind of ripe for the picking I literally from the time I get into my car and get home Nick Foles has started I mean Nick Foles is in the game in the third quarter now I am not saying that that was a smart decision all I'm saying is the Falcons have been known to choke away a fourth quarter lead like they have before again the most famous one 28 to 3 you have a 28-3 lead on the Patriots in the Super Bowl. You choked that away. Last week, you have a lead on Dallas, and somehow you choked that away. And this week, somehow, you last week, somehow you choked away a lead against the Bears offense that was that's literally in the bottom half of the league right now. But they made the switch, and they went to Nick Foles. Now, I have been a very much component of I don't like either one of these quarterbacks. I think both of them uh, have their limitations when it comes to an offense that is as explosive as the Bears offense can be. I always thought that Mitchell Trubisky was better for it because his athleticism matches what Mac Nagy wants to do, whereas Nick Foles is more the traditional stand-in-the-pocket quarterback, and he can – it's hard to say he can pick you apart because it's still Nick Foles, but he can essentially pick you apart in a way. They made the switch, and I don't know if that was the right move because, again, like the Falcons have choked away leads before. If you could have, they could have choked that away away against Mitchell Trubisky because he was playing well enough to win, right? But I thought Matt Nagy decided he wanted to make the switch, and when he came in, at first it was a little rocky, you know, trying to get your sea legs together. But then he kind of he was rocking after a while. Like he threw three touchdowns, really should have been five. One was a drop pass by Anthony Miller in the end zone. The other one was a questionable simultaneous catch with um, a defensive back and Allen Robinson, which could have went any other way. It ended up just going the Falcons' way. But essentially, he did come back. He did win the game against the Falcons. That defense, really, who I was thought was I was worried about, held up in that second half. They held them to no points in that entire second half, which helped the comeback happen. It was a complete team, a complete team win, right? And I think if the Bears can do that again, if the Bears can take what they did in the second half against the Falcons, the first half they get against the um, Giants, and that fourth quarter they played against Detroit, they could, they would be a dangerous team. Now, the title of this: Do I believe in Nick? No, y'all have been have become Nickmatized by that one playoff run. Y'all have become y'all, you know, worship at the feet off the altar of Nick Foles because he did that great playoff run leading up to winning the Super Bowl against Tom Brady. I have said this multiple times, guys. He almost choked it away several times in that Super Bowl, and if it wasn't for a great defensive stop at the end, they probably would have lost. Because okay, you want to look at the playoff run? Let's look at the playoff run. 
The game against the Falcons, he threw no touchdowns, one interceptions, 123 yards, and a 10-10. 15 victory over the Falcons. You can say a defensive battle, okay, you can say that or whatever. Again, you have Matt Ryan, who I am starting to really believe has just become a very good bust. Let's be honest, he had, he's had questionable victories. He's had a nice little playoff run, but then lost again in the Super Bowl. So, I don't know how that's going to work and how Dan Quinn is even still employed. You look at the game against Minnesota where he went against a Case Keenum-led Vikings team to where I have said this before, that Case Keenum Vikings team was a shocker to everybody. Case Keenum tricked everybody thinking he was a quarterback and ended up getting some money out of that too. So there's that one where he won 38-7 where, again, that defense held up playing against a, you know, a very good backup in Case Keenum. Then you had the Super Bowl where everybody has remembered, you know, the Philly special, him running in, you know, scoring the touchdown, you know, those credible bombs to Alshon Jeffries. But again, I said that before, the defense held Tom Brady to where they did not let him score into the fourth quarter. They had a fumble in the fourth quarter because they had amazing pressure on a very good offensive line at the time. But it still was very much that defense that said, okay, we're going to take over the game. We have to win, right? And I've said this before about Nick Foles is, guys, there aren't too many quarterbacks that are supposedly that good that teams let go. And if you're sitting here and telling me, well, we kind of stole Nick Foles, like, no, you didn't. There's a reason why they let him go. There's a reason why they said, "Mm, I don't know, we still have Carson Wentz, so we're still going to ride with him versus you, right? Like, they let him go, and he went to Jacksonville. And what did he do in Jacksonville? Oh, just go 0-4 before he got hurt. Now, everybody says, like, well, he got hurt, so, you know, you got to put an asterisk by that, like, because you got to put an asterisk by it because it started um, Minshew Mania, but still, he got hurt, and it wasn't just the same. So, they traded for him, and they got him, and he, you know, reunited with his quarterback coach from Philly and his offensive coordinator from Kansas City with Matt Nagy, and... It started, again, the rumors, everybody wanted to see Nick Foles and see what he does. So, and he came in the third quarter, and he did he did win the game. And I'm not going to take that away from him. But, again, it was against the Falcons defense who has choked uh, fourth quarter leads before. Now I want to see what he can do against a defense that is ranked in the top five, but is still questionable where he ranked in the top five because he's they went against – that defense has went against offenses that have ranked, you know, either middle of the pack or bottom five in the league in the Jets in Minnesota, and they lost the game against Jacksonville, whose offense is still trying to find itself. So, like, that def- those defense, I'm saying numbers never lie, but they kind of tell a story right here. Like, that defense is really good, but is it good enough to stand up to this Bears middle of the pack offense, you know, bottom bottom five offense, right? And especially now with Tariq Cohen being hurt and David Montgomery really has to step up as a running back in that role in that offense. Can he not only be a running back, but can he be a receiver out the backfield? Can he, you know, give you those mismatches that Tariq Cohen did where you have to, you know, essentially either put a safety on a bo- put a safety on him in the box and make sure you watch him or, you know, have a, you know, essentially take a linebacker out to guard him as well. So can he mismatch that? Also, in this Bears offense, I've really been shocked by Jimmy Graham. I was questionably afraid because the Jimmy Graham I saw in 
I want to say Green Bay was not the same Jimmy Graham that I saw in New Orleans, right? Like, this Jimmy Graham has looked like he's revitalized his career. This Jimmy Graham has looked like he's, you know, the Jimmy Graham of old. You know, he's still, again, he's still a big body in the goal line. He still, you know, can take can take a safety and body him and get those touchdowns, get those gritty yards that he has been. And I've been shocked by it, and I really think they need to start using him as a weapon in goal line offense because they've only been 50% in the red zone they've only really been questionably scoring uh field goals they haven't really got their kicking game together eddie pinero looks like he's done for the year doesn't look like it that groin is going to be a, let him play so can they rely on that offense to get together right now with a new quarterback someone who is a little bit again more of a pocket passer who's not going to do do as much running around as Nick, as um, Mitchell Trubisky did, you know. Now that offense, let's see what that offense can do with that in there. Oh, Mitch is done. Someone asked me, "Is Mitch Trubisky done?" Mitch is done. You don't go back. You can't. There's no. There's no way evidence you can be like, "Hey, here's Nick Foles. He won us the game in in um Atlanta. He might if he wins, especially if he wins today. If he wins today, you don't go back unless he's hurt. Unless you have to. Unless you literally, unless there's literal forces forcing your hand to go back to Mitchell Trubisky, you cannot sit there and, and justify a reason why you can go back and say, hey, you know, we tried it with Nick Foles. We won a little bit. We want to see what we really have in Mitchell Trubisky. Like he gave you that, right? It was so weird because again, it was in spurts, right? That last, the fourth quarter in Detroit, where he came alive through three touchdowns, to come back. The game in New York, the game against the Giants in Chicago, where he was very good in the first half. Then the second half, he reverted back to being Mitchell Trubisky. The first half in Atlanta, where I thought he was really good. He threw an interception, but he also had a touchdown. He had that 45-yard run to set him up on the goal line. It was just It's just some of those things where you have to have a balance, and I don't think Mitchell Trubisky could put a complete game together. And that was the problem, I said. Like, if he can put a complete game together like he did against Dallas that one year in Chicago, then that would be – then he would be the starting quarterback without without fault. But he couldn't do it this year, and they switch, made the switch. So, I look at it like this. If the Bears – again, unless Nick Foles gets hurt, unless Nick Foles literally gets knocked out of the game, I don't see Mitchell Trubisky in a Bears uniform pass this year. Now, where does he go? That's up for that, you know, that's up for debate because there aren't too many really good quarterbacks out there. And if you can at least get him to a system that works for him, again, a young athletic quarterback, there's a system there that works for Mitchell Trubisky somewhere. I don't I just don't know if it's in Chicago and I don't see it really working in in Chicago right now. But also is Nick Foles the answer long term? Probably not, right? Like Nick Foles is again, this is like his tenth year in a year in the league. He's been on five different teams. Like, everybody, again, loves to hold up that Super Bowl, but, like, there's there's more evidence saying that Nick Foles is going to do Nick Foles things, right? He's going to eventually start reverting back to some of those things where it's just like, hey, you all pay him this money, and then he just doesn't. He's like Kirk Cousins, right? Like, he Kirk Cousins has been proven to do spectacular things throughout his career, you know. He got the Minnesota Vikings passed in the playoff game, right? Like, he got them to, like, an actual playoff game, the um, Minnesota Miracle. He did all of those things, but he still kept doing what 
Kirk Cousins did, like last week where he threw two when he throws two interceptions, right? Two, one of those being a very critical interception that could have put them back in the game. Like last, you know, against um the Colts again, but he also has the game against Tennessee where he throws like a 75, 75 yard bomb to jo- uh, Justin Jeffers, right? You have to put that whole game together, and I don't think that Mitchell Trubisky can do that. So I don't know. Hopefully he gets maybe to a team somewhere that can uh, use him correctly, maybe use him a little bit more of his athleticism. Who knows? Because look at Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen has come around. Like, Josh Allen went from being okay to kind of good to, okay, he might be one of the great quarterbacks coming long term, right? So we'll see. Um, far as who wins today, that one's hard because this is probably the – the best, I won't say the best yet, but one of the top five running team, running offenses in the Colts, and that defense has defense. The Bears' defense is in a little bit of the middle of the pack, right? Like they're, it's still early to sit here and say, "Well, they're a middle of the pack defense." Like it's still early, but you got to say that it's. But right now, I think if they can find a way to stop Jonathan Taylor, if they can find a way to make Phil, I know it's going to sound weird, but make Philip Rivers win you the game because Philip Rivers, just like Drew Brees. It's kind of toast. That arm ain't what it used to be because if it would have been, do you really think Los Angeles would have traded him away? So, Phillip Rivers is kind of, you know, and he lost, and like I said, Phillip Rivers likes to throw bombs, but he also likes to give the ball away too. Like, he isn't afraid of throwing an interception. He will throw that ball up and hope and pray because he's used, he's used to having, like, guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, you know, 6'6 six, six receivers, you know, who could get 50-50 balls like nothing. So he's used to that versus like now he's got to try to little be, be a little bit more precise with guys like T.Y. Hilton and Zachary Pasquale. So he's got to be a little bit more precise. So I don't know how that will work. So they're going to rely a lot on the run game and play action pass and trying to get those defenses on their heels and trying to get that backfield back um that back end a little bit up. So I want I'll say this I think if the Bears can hold. Uh, Taylor to under 75 yards, make them work for every yard they get, make him be able to make Phillip Rivers have to beat you with that arm, then I think the Bears will win. I think it's going to be a close one, though. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. I think it's going to be whichever quarterback makes the first mistake will lose. So, like, whichever one throws an interception, fumbles the ball, um, you know, makes a wrong play, doesn't get a third down, right? Like, this Colts offense is the only uh, offense who's never had a third now in all the weeks yet. Right? They lead They lead it in They lead in third down conversions, right? They lead the league in third down conversions. And that's the part that I'm going to say. If they can get – if the Bears can at least force them into punting the ball, making them have to – you know, making them have to deal with third and longs, making them have to do short fields, making them do all that things, I think the Bears can win. I want to say – 20 to 10. I think that's a good, yeah, 20, nah, 2017. I think 2017. I think the Bears get a late field goal to win it off. So that's the NFL talk. Again, a lot going on in the NFL with them just trying to figure out what's going on with COVID and everything because they had an outbreak. So now it's kind of thrown everything up in the air. They're trying to figure it out. Um, although I will have to say this, the NFL has said that the, okay, so the Falcons-Packers game, will go on at six you know at seven fifty Chicago time, 
whereas the Chiefs and Patriots game will go on when the Packers and um, Falcons were supposed to play. So they may push it back if some teams, if some more players uh, test positive. They may even just postpone it in general like they did with the Titans and Pittsburgh game. So we will see. I have to, you know, that's all we can do is wait. Um, before I get out of my NFL talk, it feels good to validate this, but like I said last week when I said Drew Brees was done, guys, Drew Brees was done, right? Like every, like I was worried because like, oh my gosh, you know, he's going against the Packers, you know, that they tend to shoot out. They had a, they had an old fashioned shootout, but it's hard to justify some calling someone done when they throw for 288 yards and three touchdowns. But guys, if you look at those, like all the, like his three touchdowns, two of them were to Alvin Kamara where he, you know, got one, got, got the pass and went down all those yards. It wasn't like, hey, here's a deep ball, right? Like, hey, here's this, you know, deep bomb. Like, Aaron Rodgers was throwing. Like, Aaron Rodgers was flying it out there. Like, Alan Lazar was, has been the only player in NFL history to have two 50-plus yards uh, passes in the same game, right? Like, Aaron Rodgers was airing it out. Drew Brees was putting every bit of that six-foot frame in some of those throws, and they were going only, like, 15 yards. Like, if it wasn't, like, those little short dump-off passes to Alvin Kamara and him taking it to the house, oof, it, it feels good to be, to be able to say, yeah, I told you guys, Drew Brees is not looking – it's looking kind of bad, looking kind of done-so for Drew Brees. All right, so before I do leave, also, I also sense I want to talk about because the Bears have a Thursday night game – this Thursday, so I won't talk. I'm gonna preview some of that game for you. They're going against Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that offense, who has looking like it's come together. Like I think I told you before, like that offense is gonna take a while to gel. You know, you got somebody like Tom Brady, you got somebody like Ron Gronkowski, you got somebody like Mike Evans. Eventually, they're going to get together. They're going to figure out how each other works, right? And it looks like that has happened, right? They took the they took the Broncos, you know, and basically slapped them, took them over their knees and slapped them because they whooped them up good. So this is this Thursday night game is going to be interesting because, again, short turnaround. Bears have a late game. Uh, Tampa Bay is playing right now, so they have a late – they have a latest start. They have a better start than the Bears, so they have a late game to get going and then try to get to Tampa Bay. So – Again, we're going to see how this works because they have to, you know, test everyone again. And hopefully, prayerfully, in Florida, they don't have another, you know, major outbreak. But if they don't have another major outbreak, this will be interesting because, again, this is the matchup that everybody's been waiting for. Nick Foles versus Tom Brady, part two. Different teams, you know, same, you know, same goal, trying to win. And when you look at how, again, the Bears have gotten to this position now, it's can they continue to be successful with this new quarterback? We're going to see today, can they can they win with him starting a full game? You know, it's not going to be a surprise now. No one's going to be like, okay, Nick Foles, now we got to change up our entire defense to try to, you know, f- switch from, like, an athletic running quarterback to a quarterback now who's more of a pocket passer, you know, pocket passer. How are we going to switch it up? You know, now they're going to have a cold game film. Now they're going to have everything they need to study on Nick Foles. And Tom Brady's already coming in with a little bit of more extra motivation because, hey, you took – you paused it, but you took my sixth ring away, right? I could have had seven rings if it wasn't for Nick Foles, right? You know, so Tom Brady's going to come in there. Now Tom Brady has a better offense now. It's, this game is going to be fun to watch. I'm not going to get scores because that seems unfair for a game like two weeks out, so I'm not going to get scores. But I can't wait for this game. That's going to be an intense game to watch.
Speaking of intense game to watch, huh, remember when I said the finals are actually going to be fun? Right? Like, I'm thinking, like, okay, we got LA, we got Miami, we're going to have a good, you know, we have a defensive matchup, we're going to have Bam versus AD, we're going to have Tyler Hero versus Alex Crusoe, got LeBron versus, you know, Pat Riley and Eric Spolcher. Now it's looking like it's about to be over in about five games, right? So here's your weird stat of the day. This is the first time in LeBron James's history that he has been up 2-0 in a final series, right? Like, this, like, he has never been up 2-0. He's either been down 2-0, tied, and uh, tied 1-1. He's never been up 2-0. Now, tonight's game, game three, Jordan Gargich and uh, Bam Alabalu has been are upgraded to doubtful versus being out. I don't know if they're going to play. It's again doubtful for people who don't like doubtful is just like saying like eh, it's you know game time decision he might play but it's a whole more likely that he's not going to play and you can tell they really miss his offensive rebound and his scoring his defense in Bam Alabalu because they were getting out rebound last night not last night they were getting out rebound Wednesday and it was showing right like they could not stop that and that's one of the reasons why the lakers are winning this series right now they have they have been out rebounding they have been outscoring them they've been out doing everything and you can tell like jimmy again it's hard to see jimmy doing this essentially by himself right like he's got duncan robinson who who can give you a little bit of spark every now and then but it's not you know consistent and tyler hero is a rookie and he can't really i don't see tyler hero you know consistently doing what he did in the other series, right? Like where he dropped 36, but then when he dropped 36, he did had a quiet night and only dropped like 10. You know, you look around Jameson Crowder, he's good, but can he can, again, he can't go with, you know, guys like AD, LeBron, Kuzma when he decides he wants to have a good game, right? And they started, they switched it back up. They started playing a little bit more small ball because they tried to cut, they tried to cut, you know, some of the length of the Lakers with, uh, Kevin Nunn, but that's also not going to work because, again, the Lakers can play small ball, too, because they have athletic big men, such as AD, who can go, who can run with guards, right? And even then, when you want to go big, they have guys like Dwight Howard to come off the bench who can play, like Kyle Kuzma, who can come off the bench and play. So, they were, uh, Miami was banking on, like, okay, cool, we have Bam, we can at least, you know, he's an athletic big man, he won the skills challenge in the end in the NBA Finals, so he can go with, um, he can run with AD, and he can still do it. And he got hurt in that first in that first game. I was like, ugh. Then Grogdon got hurt, and like, ugh. And then Jimmy rolled his ankle. I was like, oh my god. Like I was literally, I was at work watching it, and I just like I stopped. Like after a certain point, it was just like this is going to this is going to be a blowout, right? Like this is going to be a blowout. Like I said, and it was a blowout. <laughs> And the problem that I have with this is I didn't want this series to go like that. I, I wanted a long, drawn-out series because I wanted to see can LeBron go against an actual defensive team, a team that knows him like Eric Spolcher, like Pat Riley, knows his tendencies, knows what he does and doesn't do, sometimes even better than themselves, than himself, and can he uh, compete and win against that? And now it's looking because that was going to be more – that's you know that was more tasty that was more juicy that was more like okay this is more what i like and it's looking like now it's just like ugh, it's not going to be the same because now jamie has to kind of do everything on himself like 
he can rely on other people, but it wasn't going to be, like, as big of an impact, right? Like, the game within the game that I was really looking forward to was um, Kyle Kuzma versus Tyler Hero, right? Can Kyle Kuzma, who has regressed, I want to say, a little bit. I want to say regressed just because you look at what happened with Brandon Ingram, right? Like, they get Brandon Ingram. He's, you know, he's there. He gets traded away. And then the next night, he becomes Brandon Ingram of the, like, Pelicans, right? Like, he becomes that dude, right? Like, he becomes that dude in that, on that team. And you look at Kyle Kuzman, like, a lot of people are just like, well, <clears throat> you know, it's LeBron's fault. It's like, not really, right? Like, LeBron doesn't really match rate players like he should, but, again, he just kind of, Kyle Kuzman kind of faded back into the background when he got all of those, you know, veteran players around him. So now it's, you know, I was looking forward to, like, seeing Kyle Kuzman versus basically, you know, Tyler Hero who said, bump it, I'm here, right? Like, people love to say, like, you know, you should wait to call stars, stars. I'm like, no, Tyler Hero said, no, I'm here now. Like, I'm the star right now. Like, let's go. And that's what I appreciate about him. But then, like, now that's kind of taken away because now Tyler Hero's role has kind of increased. And, like, now he has to be, you know, that's essentially second scorer, that kind of defensive presence. And that's what he never was. So now it's looking a little finicky. Can he can keep that up? So also, so now it's just more what's, what can Miami do, right? Are they going to wait until, you know, can Bam come back, right? Like if Bam comes back, will he be effective during that? Or is he going to be, you know, a detriment to the team, right? Like you can come back and you can – my coach always told me, Never play injured, always play hurt. Like, you can play hurt, right? Everybody, especially now, right? Like, especially now, like, finals, everybody has, like, uh, little nicks and cracks and everything. When you get up, like, yo, I got to do this. I got to do what I got to do. But when you play, so you can play hurt. But when you play injured, you become a detriment to the team. And then that's when you have to be like, okay, listen, I need to just sit down and watch. And it's hard because you basically worked your entire career, like, your entire in a f- NBA career to get to this one spot to win a title, you had COVID who essentially took that took away five months of your playing time. Come back to beat Giannis, to beat you know to beat Boston, who everybody thought was going to be there. You guys are essentially the underdogs. No one thought that y'all were going to get this far. Like everybody was just like you know told y'all y'all should just be happy to be here. And then when y'all get there it all falls apart, right? That that has to be soul, almost essentially soul-crushing, right? Like, it sucks to be that. And I know everyone thinks, like, oh, my gosh, he has to play, you know, you got to play, like, but but if you play essentially hurt, again, you become a detriment to the team, right? Again, I remember, well, thanks to the last dance because I wasn't born, but the whole Scottie Pippen, Bad Boys, Piston thing when he played with the migraine. Like, now, looking back at it, you know, with CTE and everything and head injuries, we kind of appreciate that he did. But that that would have been different, right, because that would have that been a year I think Michael would have won it essentially seven titles because there was no way that um, that Lakers squad was going to beat that Bulls squad. Like, no, 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 no. Like, that was the decline of that Lakers squad. But he didn't. But like I said, he didn't. He played. He didn't play hurt because he knew. Okay, though, I'll be a detriment to my team, so I, I ain't just gonna play. And eventually, they went on to you know become the dynasty. But Miami now is looking a little bit more. Okay, what's gonna happen, right? Like I think they're looking to the future, right? Like they have a nice little squad to play to play with. See if they can get like another score to go along with somebody with Jimmy Butler and 
to be that dude, right? And it sucks because as a as a Bulls fan, you have to watch and like, yo, could you imagine if they actually kept Jimmy Butler in Chicago, right? Like, again, you look at Jimmy Butler, Rondo, and Wade. That was the squad right then. And they could have won that uh, Boston series if Rondo didn't get hurt. They probably would have went to at least the finals if they if uh, Rondo didn't get hurt. And then Garpack traded them away. So it's just like, you're happy. I'm happy for Jimmy that he's at least got to the finals. But at the same time, just like, this is why I'm so glad Garpack got fired. But I also didn't want this because I also didn't want to hear the LeBron people say, oh, this is just the Golden State series all over again. I'm just like, it is because it's the truth, right? Like, you want to see LeBron go against the best team so he can prove some of the haters wrong, right? But now he's basically going to get another easy ring. And this really does add, like, a very big asterisk to it because, like, now not only did you get the COVID win, now you supposed to be playing a Miami team that was supposed to be super good. Now two of the three of their best players got hurt. So now what are you going to do? So it sucks. Uh, game three tonight. Maybe I kind of want Miami just to win. I kind of really am rooting for Miami to win because I really want it to at least go to five games. I don't want to sweep. I just, you know, because I don't want to hear it from everybody talking about how, you know, my uh, they only won it because everybody on the team was hurt. I'm just like, okay. So I think it'll be, I think Miami wins tonight. I think they just, I think Jimmy just steps up and says like, yo, I got this, get on my back and let's go. So hopefully Miami wins tonight to make it a little bit more interesting. But, you know, and if, you know, and if Miami wins, hopefully that means Bam can get an extra game in so that way he can come back. But speaking of the Bulls, uh, I know I didn't talk about this last week and everybody was jumping on me, but it took, I wanted to, I wanted to sit on this for a while because the Bulls hired Billy Donovan to be their new head coach. Eh. Everybody was asking me how you feel about it. It's cool. Right, like, I don't... So, for those of you who don't know, Billy Donovan was the coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder when they had Kevin Durant, uh, Russell Westbrook, and that was the team that lost to Golden State after being up 3-1 to one in, the, in the conference finals. Cool. It's, it's hard to say because I didn't... I You know me, I don't like recyclable coaches, right? Like, I don't want to see a coach who just lost in a playoff series who hasn't gone out of the first round of any playoff series since that since that loss in the conference finals just like okay cool here's another job with another basically young bulls roster who has potential if larry Markinen is there if zach levine stays kobe white is pretty good uh wendell carter if he can stay healthy he can become a dominant you know dominant force in the center you know it's hard to say because I really feel like they should have went out of the box on this one. They should have got somebody who you wouldn't expect, right? Some people are saying Sam Cassell. Eh, that's a hard sell on Sam Cassell because, like, you just lost the series when you were the second seed in the West. Everybody thought it was going to be you were going to go to the conference finals. Everybody, Some people thought you were going to go to the finals, and you lose after being up 3-1, right? Sam Cassell's a hard sell, right? Like, but also it's just like Billy Donovan again. It's just kind of those recyclable coaches. Like, hey, he had essentially one of the best scores in the league, and he couldn't get it done. Hey, he had one of the best players in the league in Russell Westbrook. He couldn't get it done. So now it's just like, cool. Let's see, can he essentially shape a Bulls team to be what 
that Golden State team was like. I know people was like, well, we haven't been to the playoffs since De- since um not in Derrick Rose since uh D Wade and Jimmy was there. Yeah, but again, that was Garpack's fault. Like they traded away players when they wanted to rebuild. They had that Jerry Krause mindset of our team is old. Let's rebuild and let's try to get younger. Except the problem was you already had one of the youngest youngest players in the league. Arguably one of the better, you know, starting to become the best player in the league, and you trade him away to get Zach Levine, who has proved me wrong, who has become a, you know, more than just like someone who's just can dunk. So, but you also still don't surround Zach Levine with anybody, you know, sufficient, right? Like you go get Larry Market, and okay, cool, right? You go get Otto Porter uh, Jr., who who came around, but it's still you don't know if you're gonna keep him on. You went and go get Wendell Carter out of the draft. You go get uh, Kobe White out of the draft. And all those pieces are good, but it still was just essentially, can you build up this team? And then you go get a guy in Billy Donovan who I like, but I don't, you know, I'm not excited for, right? Like, it's cool, right? Like, it's a good pickup. You know, you want to hit, you want to get a strong coach for this new organization's, you know, start. But at the same time, it's just like, why didn't you go get some, get a splash player, right? Like, Go get somebody that was like, okay, completely out of the box, right? Like, you can even go get somebody like, again, Amar Jackson, right? Like, there are multiple people out there, right? Like, you can go get, well, probably not Scotty Brooks because he's still with Boston because they're still going to keep him. But you could have got somebody who I thought would have been, like, cool. Amar Jackson. Right? Like, Mark Jackson, right? Like, you go get someone who has a history of building up a team, who I made team go from essentially nothing. Again, he took Golden State, a joke-ish of a team, to what the conference finals one year, got fired, and the next year they was they won the finals, right? You go get somebody, you go get you can go get a former player. Like you you're the Bulls, right? Like you could have got anybody who you wanted there. But you go get a guy who's just cool. And it sucks because I like I really would like to see more you know, chances in the NBA. Someone said, uh, that's the problem. Okay, so someone said, well, what do you, well, who do you want? Because there's no, again, like, it's hard to say who would I want because there's no real coaches there that are, like, surprised me, and that's the problem, right? Like, there's no one coach I can be like, I'll take him off the roster. Like, Ty Lue, you could have got a Ty Lue, a guy who's coached LeBron, and people love to say, well, LeBron was the coach of that team. Like, no, Ty Lue was the coach of that team. He got a, he, he won a final against the Golden State team that again was you know not even the one where they got hurt. He got he got to the one that was actually pretty good with K, with Clay and Steph. You know, again Ty Lue's a hard sell because again he was also on that roster with um, Doc who lost in the you know playoffs with that team in L.A. who lost a three one lead to Denver right. But at the same time we saw the De- Denver team that Denver squad is pretty good right like. There's no denying that that's a future. That's a future eventually uh, finals contender, right? And it's just you want to go get some coaches that, okay, here. Here's the splash coach that's going to be, like, the coach for the next five to ten years, right? And I don't see Billy Donovan being that because I don't know how long Bulls fans are just going to be happy to get to the playoffs. Eventually they're going to be like, okay, cool, we got to the playoffs. Can he get us past the first round? They're like, and it's not like they, it's not like these, um, Oklahoma City Thunder team were like seventh or eighth. These are like four. 
they were like a five seed. So they were going against, you know, the same caliber of teams, right? Like they weren't just they weren't just getting out. And they weren't getting swept either. Like they were getting they lost in like gentleman sweeps. They lost in the sixth game. They lost to seven, right? So it's just at a certain point it's just cool. I like his pick, but I want something different. Um speaking of different, I also got to ask this question because they wanted to know with breaking out with breakouts all over, you know, the sports world, would it be possible just to have a bubble for the remainder of okay. Hopefully, prayerfully, we are not still quarantined in twenty twenty one. But if we are, I don't know if a bubble system can work for an entire season, right? Like it worked for what, about thirty games, you know. 16 regular season, 16, the rest is 16 regular season games, and then, you know, playoff games. So about 30 to 40 games. Like, that can work for that because that's more concise. It's less teams there, right? Like, you only had 22 teams there. I don't know if a 32-team bubble will work because, A, will they have enough space for every every player to sit, you know, isolated in? And, B, that is a lot of psychological um, stress to put on someone, right? To essentially say, like, we're going, you're going to be for a year isolated with only teammates and maybe, you know, coaches and maybe your family can come and visit you, visit you if they pass protocol, right? Like, maybe, you know, maybe you can go out into, you know, isolated places, but you can't, you know, go into other spots because you have to, you know, have to be isolated if you do we have to test you and if you test positive you have to quarantine yourself if you test positive or if you go out you have to isolate yourself for 10 days uh, four days right that's a lot of psychological like trauma on a person right like to say like hey we want the sport to play we like this sport but we're going to continue to play it but we're also going to you know basically isolate our players away from everyone they know every all their families everyone and it, it, it it can grind on someone right like this isolation, this self-isolation, like, after a while, like, even just a month, and we all are starting to get, you know, thinking. We all want to go out, right? So, I don't know if a whole 82-game season, actually even 100 and, what, 20 game, because you got 82 games, not to mention playoffs, that that could work. And also, do y'all really want to see, like, certain teams play? Like, I know, personally, I really don't want to see, you know... You know, the Bulls player this year, because I'm still questionable about it. I really don't want to see, you know, uh, what's that team? Oh, yeah, Detroit play, because they were terrible. So I don't know if a if isolation, a whole 82 games would work. But I also don't know how they're going to essentially keep teams safe, because as we've seen from MLB and NFL, that travel, you still have a high risk of, Outbreaks, right? Like the NBA, the uh, MLB. I think like in week five, play in week five had an outbreak and had I think four teams had to be you know isolated and cut and had their um season cut short. Had you had again, you just have one in the ML in the NFL and you've already seen teams already had to uh isolate, cancel games, do all that. Uh, hockey was a little bit different because. They traveled, but it was also in an enclosed area, and not too many people were there. So hockey was a little bit, you know, isolated in, in itself already, so it wasn't as bad. But, yeah, if you look at how 
the NBA did it. Like they did it correct for the time frame, right? They had the time frame to get everything together. Now, are you sitting here saying like, hey, let's do this for a whole 82 games? I don't know how that could work. You know, I don't know. Can they can they essentially keep players safe, but also still, you know, allow the players to have a little bit of freedom, a little bit of mind rest, a little bit of, hey, you know, take off time, right? Like to go and be with family, to go with people, to meet, you know, to be around other people because, again, the human body can only do isolation for so long, right? Everyone loves to say, like, you know, oh, I can, you know, be in my house for a month and no one bother me. Like, yeah, eventually you need social interaction, right? Like, people love to say that, but that's why people are also on Facebook every other day, right? Telling me ev- telling me everything that they do because they need some type of social interaction. And that can only limit and that can only be a certain point before you have to say, like, yo, I need a break. So that that's do I think it can work Eh, probably not do I think traveling could work in a safer environment probably because at least the NBA is a little bit more close-knit because you have more you have a lot of teams closer in the divisional so it's not like you have you not like an NFL where you got to go from Boston to Miami to play you know you have everyone kind of close-knit together now maybe if you want to say, well they can only well they should only play, you know, interdivisional and conference games and then break out to see who who what when where how, you know, who ranks higher, who ranks lower, you know, conference games become more important. That could work. Now I think that would actually be better anyway. I think if they only had just like conference games and be like, hey, you know, not like if they only played East and West teams and they bracketed out that way, they didn't play each other until the final until like the finals, that would work too. You know, maybe have, you know, a nice every now and then interpromotional inter- game, something to work like that. That would be cool. But I think it's just can you constantly do that? No. Can you be a self-sufficient? Probably not. So hopefully, prayerfully, we can get back to some type of normalcy in 2021. But the way the world looking, Lord only knows. And before I go up out of here, I do have to say this because I did talk about them, but let's talk about a little bit of MLB baseball because I love October baseball. Baseball in October is my favorite time of the year, even if my socks are out. And shout out to them. They had an amazing season this year. You know, hey, this this team's still in a rebuild, right? Like, I didn't like some of the losing that they did last in those last few games where they decided they had the number two slid all the way down to number seven. We still got playoff. We still got a playoff victory. We still look good. That last game, I don't know. We left 27 people on base. It makes my makes my analogy look bad. But then I said there's no easy outs. But, hey, they were still pretty good. They still had a lot of chances to win those games. Heck, um, game two, they were down 5 nothing and came back and at least got to 3-5, three, three, right? So I think if the White Sox, again, I said this before and I said it again, the White Sox pitching really needs to be improved if they want to get into a competitive, in the, especially in the AL, right? Like AL has some of the best um, pitching all around, right? So I really think they need to find a better pitching, you know, better pitching core, right? They have a nice core starter in um, Lucas, Dallas, and maybe Daniel. They need to figure out who's going to be their fourth, they need to really get together that um, bullpen. And if they can do that, I really think that the White Sox will eventually be arguably one of the better teams in the AL because they have the hitting to do it. They have the hitting. They have the fielding. The defense is great. It's just can they 
get that pitching together, right? Like, um, I really think if if we had an All Star game, we would have had at least four White Sox in that All Star, right? Tim Anderson proved that last year wasn't a fluke. Um, Jose Abreu, like I said before, putting up MVP level numbers. Yohan kind of came on the last bit. Uh, Aloy always doing this big. Ella's doing the big baby things. And Roberts, who, as I said before, like what I said with Tyler Hero, you, it's not early enough to call somebody a star. You can call them a star now because uh, Luis Roberts is going to be a star soon, right? Like <laughs> he was stealing, he was stealing outs from his own teammates. He was running past, he was grabbing outs. I was like, bro, you you know you do know they get paid just the same as you to catch them balls, but um. The team, well, now that both, now that my team is out, the team to look for, I want to say, I'm rooting for, of course, New York. My grandmama team, so I got to root for them as well. So I really want to see how New York does. I think New York probably can come together. Again, it's kind of the reverse of the Sox. Like, they're batting outside of Aaron Judge. It's kind of more up in the air, right? Like, their batting is a little bit more questionable to me. So I don't know how, but their pitching is pretty good. If they can get that pitching together, if they can keep that pitching squad and then that batting core together, I think they could probably go to the um, World Series, probably face the, – the North is kind of – the NL is kind of weird, right? Because the NL, like, you have at least five to six teams that you can say easily can be in the um, World Series. But um, I'm going to say – I'm going to say L.A. Dodgers. I think the Dodgers finally put it together. I don't – maybe maybe now with no crowds, no pressure on them, maybe Clayton Kershaw could actually win an important playoff game because that boy be choking every chance he get. I'm looking like, here's some water, here's some bread, here's some milk because you be choking in the playoff games. Like, he choked in the playoff game the one that made the Cubs go to the World Series. Like, he choked in the playoff game that won uh, the Houston Rockets – I mean, Houston Rockets, Houston Astros, the World Series. Like – now, granted, it found out that the Houston Rockets, I mean, Houston Nationals were still stealing signs at the time, but still. So, I really want to see an L.A., New York, in a World Series, just because, you know, I like big market teams in my championship games. But that's it for me, guys. I am about to hear. Uh, you can always appreciate it. Fluent Radio for putting me on the air. As always, you can check me out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, all those fun stuff. Uh, follow me on my Facebook page, James Bateman. You can talk sports all you want and other things. Until then, I'm about to hit two fingers, deuces.